Hey, and welcome to the Rally Podcast. We're stoked that you're here. We hope that this would be a tool to help you pursue the presence of God, people, and the ways of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another installment of A Rally Roundtable. We are here in Greenville, South Carolina on a beautiful day to talk about a beautiful topic. And I'm here with my friends, Hi King Paul. This is Erica McClintock to my left, Tana Hawthorne, and my name's Austin Duffy. And we're here to talk about race. We're here to talk about racial reconciliation and yep. the time that we're in right now That's and great. what it's been like growing up in the South and being yep. Southerners together, being black and white. So uh, I think before we can move on, we have to establish, it's like alcoholic summit, it's like, yes, I have a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, King, what do you think racism is and do we have a problem with it here in the South? Yes, the answer is yes, we do have a problem. Um, I, I, one, I would say, I'm glad that you asked that question because we all have different definitions mm -hmm. of racism. Uh, specifically with generations, I've seen most people in the older generation look to racism as, hey, I'm not lynching anyone, um, but my daughter still can't date someone of another ethnicity. Um, but the way that I sum up racism is simply, it's prejudice plus power. Um, so prejudice being uh, you're prejudging someone, but then Racism takes it to another level. You use the power that you have over someone due to their race. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, so that's just a simple way that I define racism. Right, and so that is something that, you know, you've experienced, that we've experienced. Absolutely. I was wondering, uh, Erica, do you have maybe a personal story that you could share of, has that been true for you in your life? Have you experienced that in your direction at some point? Yeah. Um, my earliest memory of racism was when I was in third grade. I um, was in a group of friends. We were all sat at like four tables together. And um, I remember them all getting a birthday invitation to a slumber party. And um, they all got one, but I didn't get one. So I was assuming, and we were all best friends, so I was assuming that maybe I would get mine after lunch or like later in the day. Um, lo and behold, the end of the day comes and I still don't have one. So I asked one of my friends who got one, I said, well, why didn't I get an invitation like we're all like best friends? Um, and she said, well, the girl, I won't say her name, but she, um, her parents won't allow black people at her house. Oh. And I was nine years old. And I remember um, spending the rest of the afternoon crying to the point where the teacher had to come get me um, and like take me into another room and talk to me about it. Um, and moments like that, that happened, that happened in elementary school. I've had other moments that happened, have happened in middle school, high school, even up until maybe like two years ago. Um, and those experiences definitely shape the way that you view yourself. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, while, while we're on the subject of experiences, you know, we were talking about this yesterday and even myself as a fifth grader, I was sharing this story with these guys that I remember in fifth grade being in Miss McGaw's class, sat right next to one of my best friends who was a, a girl. And one of my other best friends, his name was Kellen. And Kellen came over to my house. He told me last month I was the first white family's house he'd ever been to. So we were like really, really wow. good friends, okay? And I remember asking her, because in fifth grade, it's like, who's hot, who's not? You can date, you have a boyfriend, you have a girlfriend, you know, you're like starting to like learn about that stuff. I remember asking her on a note, you know, do you think Kellen is hot for a black guy? Mm -hmm. I remember writing that and mm -hmm. asking that and thinking, Kellen's amazing, he's my friend. I do not have racist parents. I don't have racist grandparents. <laughs> right. No one ever told me. But there was something inside of me that like attached his ability to be, you know, attractive with such a silly thing to his race and there was like, I saw it and I was wondering, could you be, could someone like this girl be with, I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. it, it felt like wrong, it felt like, and so was I um, a racist? Eh, 
Probably not, but was that racist? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. it was. You know what I mean? And I think right. I have to make peace with even the most innocent of childhood things. We were born into something here, and it, it, it is across all races, but really for us right now, we're talking about black and white in a, in a space where there's a lot of history there. So, Talon, right. yeah. I'm curious, could you tell us, like, you know, why is it this way? Yeah, like, I mean, from even, your perspective. Even, even right quick before we jump yeah. in, I do have a quick story, please, too. Please tell Even, it. like, in this, because you talked about, you know, your daughter, um, and her might not be able to date a black, I mean, an, another another race. Yeah, I was going to say, my daughter can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> but, yeah, him, the dad. And then Duffy had one, and then the same thing, Erica. Yeah. And I know when I was in high school, um, there's this girl that I was talking to, it was time for us. I felt like it was time for us to go. We were talking. Everybody else was talking. Yeah. Um, and I felt like it was time for us like potentially start dating. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was at an AAU basketball tournament, and I think we were just we were just texting each other. And I, I think I asked her like the question, like you know, basically can we date or whatever. And then she sends me this long text back. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, and she was like, "Hey, we can't date because my mom won't let me date you because you're black." <laughs> And I just remember that. I was like, whoa. Yep. Like, bro, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And this is like in 2015. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is 100 years ago or this is like yeah. 50 years ago. This mm-hmm. is like five years ago, mm-hmm. probably like five, six years ago. Yep. And, and, and this happens. And I'm just, and I just, and I remember that recently. I was like, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, and the question, say the question one more time. Sorry. Yeah, I was just asking, you know, well, why, why do you think, we, we know what it is. Yeah, we know yeah. there's a problem. We've all experienced it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Why do you think that is here? Yeah, I mean, so historically, we're in Greenville right now. We're in South Carolina. So, I mean, so... It speaks for itself almost. Speaks for, <laughs> um, I don't have, like, a history degree or anything like that, but all of us, you know, just kind of know, like, kind of the history. Um, and But if people don't know, it's like the history of South Carolina is that South Carolina um, did have slavery. Yeah. Um, so, statistically, uh, around in the 1860s, the U.S. Had, 400, had 40 million slaves and um, South Carolina had 400,000 of those slaves, so 10% of those slaves were in South Carolina. Um, so you had slavery that, happened, that, that was in South Carolina. Um, you know, you had the Union and the Confederate. South Carolina is in that. Um, a lot of people may or may not have learned about this in school, but let's just assume that people did. Um, so that's one reason why it's a problem, <laughs> because, you know, like, like well, the, you know, initially it started, it, it was in South Carolina, and then that went from slavery to um, to um, 1865, whenever slavery ended. Uh, exact day was June 19th, 1865, Juneteenth. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Juneteenth, that was the exact day. Um, and then you go from that to Jim Crow, to segregation, to so on and so forth, and then we're here today. Right. Um, it's funny because, like, my grandpa actually remembers the day segregation ended in Anderson. Mm. Wow. So I'm from Anderson. Yeah. Um, and my grandpa, like, literally was talking to him about uh, three, four months ago. He was saying, wow. I remember the day. So he remembers whenever he could, it was like a white water fountain mm. and a black water fountain. Mm. Once for, it said whites and coloreds. He remembers that. He remembers whenever he, you know, that he couldn't go into a, um, he couldn't go into a, um, like a clothing store. He had a window shop yep. um, because he couldn't go in. And then yep. he, he remembers that day whenever he would go into the same place he always go into, but now he had equal rights. It's, equal rights as far as as far as everybody else. Um, I think that's one reason because history is South Carolina, that's why it's a problem. Yeah. And then if you if you go, I think bigger scale, it's like it is a sin issue. You know, that 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 division is not in the heart of God. Yes. Uh, racism isn't in the heart of God. Right. Um, and, and it really is very, very, very spiritual. Yeah. And it's not it didn't start in South Carolina. Yeah. You know, it started all the way back, even in biblical time. Yeah. Um, 
so that's the reason why I think. I'll even yeah. say into that too, like, cause you're talking about the, the context of America in, yeah. in South Carolina. And then looking at the Bible, if you look at scripture, scripture says nothing about our race when it comes to skin. Yeah. It doesn't. If you even go to Bible Gateway, you know, looking it up, it's talking about running the race, which is, you know, but it says nothing whole about different race. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> whole different thing. But you have to understand the history because race was created in America. Yeah. Right. Um, but division was, of course, created with sin and the fall mm -hmm. of humanity because yeah. of Satan. Um, but in that, when you understand that race wasn't in scripture um, and understanding the root of division, yeah. we as Christians have the responsibility to bring unity. Mm. And so it's exactly what you're saying, but like, there's so many things that we, we say that the scriptures say, yeah. but the scriptures don't even say anything yeah. about it. It's an interesting yeah. point, King, where you talk about maybe there's not exactly race in scripture, but there is racism, right? Mm -hmm. We see people in, in different tribes and the way that mm -hmm. they're treated and stuff. And Jesus has a lot to say about it. Exactly. Doesn't he? What you know? What, when I think about Jesus and how he approached racism, what comes to you, what comes to your mind? Yeah, honestly, like, uh, of course, if you're looking at the Gospels, because those are my favorite, <laughs> the red ink. When Jesus is talking, it's right. like, oh, I gotta pay attention. Yeah. Really, all of Scripture, of course. Um, but in saying that, like, looking at the Gospels. The one thing that you see oftentimes is, is reference is the Samaritan. Uh, yeah. You look at John 4 when Jesus yeah. talked to the lady at the well. Yeah. Um, I think it's also interesting if you're looking at Luke, he talks about the good Samaritan, yeah. which in reality, Scripture never calls the Samaritan good. The religious people did. Yeah. So even if you're looking into that, Jesus was describing the Samaritan wow. uh, for the religious leader, the wow. lawyer, who not a lawyer in our context, but a person who actually studies the word, yeah. Of, of understanding, hey, he's asking Jesus, hey, how do I inherit eternal life? Yeah. And Jesus says, hey, love your neighbor. He said, what does the scripture say? Yeah. And he's explaining it back to Jesus and says, well, it says to love your Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, okay, who is your neighbor? And then he walks through the priest, the Levite, et cetera. He gets to the Samaritan. And then the guy, and then Jesus says, hey, who proved to be the good Samaritan or to prove to be the neighbor? He says, he, it's funny, I, I laugh at this. He couldn't even say the Samaritan's name. He says, the one who, sir, who stopped and helped the one who was robbed, right? Wow. But in our context in America, if a white person does something good for me, it's hard for me to say people who, religious people. For black people, it's hard for them to say, this white guy helped me. Mm. For white people, it's hard for them to say, this black guy served me. It's like, well, this guy did it. It shows that there's always been this division. In Jesus' times, it was the Samaritan. Who was the lady that he wanted to help and serve? A Samaritan. Not a Jewish lady, a Samaritan. Because he wanted to show his disciples, hey, not only am I for women, I'm for Samaritans. The people yeah. that we as Jews look down on, I am for. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that made definitely yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so, even like, so even in John 4, what's yep. crazy about that is, um, so it says that Jesus, it's like, it's like John 4, like right in the beginning of John 4, 4, I think. And it says, Jesus decided to go through mm -hmm. the car. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know this, but most Jews would go around that city. Absolutely. So they didn't have to talk to those people. Yep. It says that Jesus, it said that he had to go through. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he saw like, you know, I had to go through this problem of race mm -hmm. and racism and 
you know, um, like, like a cultural disunity of people. Mm-hmm. I had to go through it rather than go around it. Because exactly. most Jews would go around it. But exactly. no, Jesus is very different than we all, exactly. and we all know that. Exactly. He said, no, I had to go through it to talk to this one woman yep. and break every single cultural, yeah, cultural boundary. Jesus hits it head on, doesn't so he? He hits it head looks on. At he's, dude, I love that about Jesus, that he, yeah. when he looks at it and he sees this racism, this tension, yeah. this tribalism, he goes, he, he attacks it head on, right? That and, is and it's, I think it's so cool that, you know, here and today in 2020, we're trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do it our own way. We're trying to figure out how Jesus's way, you know, yeah. comes into our way and we right. do his thing. And uh, yeah, you know, all of humanity right now is trying to figure out how do we attack this? Yeah. How do we get after it? Yep. And so one of the, the things that's really, really, you know, been a powerful, powerful statement mm-hmm. and, and a very divisive one at the same time yep. is this idea of Black Lives Matter. Yep. Wow. Black Lives Matter. We've talked about it. We've hashtagged it. Yep. We've retweeted it. But, you know, <laughs> so, Hiking, what do you think about Black Lives Matter and, and why is there, you know, something to even debate about? It? Yeah. I think, first off, you have to start with what you, you just mentioned. Mm. Jesus attacked it head on. Yeah. Mm. Right? Um, as Talon referenced, Jesus didn't go around, although most Jews did, he went to the issue. So in saying that, we have to see in America, is there an issue with black lives in America? We would all answer that question, yes. That's why there's an outcry. There's why there's a statement. Because there is an issue, there is a problem. There's an organization who tried to to provide a solution. That organization was not the church. Right. Right? It was something of the world because the church hasn't done its job. Wow. So if Jesus is one who goes to something, which is what we as Christians who are the church, not the building, the people, right? It's our job to go to the solution, right? To provide a solution. But because there is an organization who has provided it, we see, hey, this organization is wrong. We attach the organization with the problem and say it's all wrong. So these lives don't matter at all. And that's not the truth. You have to see there's a problem in the black community because we don't feel our white brothers and sisters outcrying and helping us. I will say it is different this time in 2020 because we have seen a lot more of that. Mm. But the older generation is crying out and saying this isn't true because we're listening to our favorite talking heads on TV, Mm. Fox News and CNN, et cetera. Well, not really CNN, really Fox News, (laughs) um, telling us, hey, this isn't a real issue. And because of that, we're allowing Fox News to disciple us. Sadly, this generation, our generation, we don't watch Fox News. What we do watch is TikTok, Instagram, et cetera. So we keep these dividing walls to allowing the bad news to disciple us. And we have to look at the good news Mm -hmm. and understanding, hey, there is a problem. The solution is us, the church, the people of God, and we have to attack it. That's great. So that's great. In saying that, I will also say, looking at the problem, yes, I identify because I have experiences just like they do. What I also will say is the solution of blacklivesmatter.com, when I read that, I as a Christian can't agree, Mm -hmm. right? Because it says things that go against my faith, but because I don't go along with this organization, I go along with the church in saying, because, not just because I'm a black man, I understand these things because of my personal experiences on a day-to-day basis, but in that, it's my job, my responsibility to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that helps that with, answer, help with, with answering your question. I would, you know, I would love to maybe even ask Erica, like, when, wh- why maybe 
Black Lives Matter, even just as a colloquialism that we're just saying, instead yeah. of All Lives Matter, because that does seem to be the, the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Why, so why not just All Lives Matter? Do you have a perspective um, on that? I think because there are so many issues around, again, like the black community um, that we experience that other um, people of other backgrounds don't experience as often, mm. or it's not filmed as often as I should say, maybe. Um, and I think, too, it goes back to um, not assuming what something means based on like seeing it. So a lot of people will read um, Black Lives Matter as a Black Lives Matter more. So right. um, you will read that and assume that you are like less or you have mm -hmm. less value mm -hmm. um, when that's not what it's about at all. Right. Um, it's just about affirming the value that God places on wow. humanity, wow. period. So, wow. so It's like an interpretation issue. Yes. You know? And I think that we let our biases determine yes. that. So depending on the reaction you have to that, yep. you, we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, <laughs> right. What is you know, yeah. behind the thing that we're thinking and speaking? Yeah. And one of the, uh, there's a lot of phrases that weren't really in our, you know, vernacular as a people, yeah. however, however long ago. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the first one right now I'm gonna say is white privilege. Okay? Mm. And white privilege is something that if you had described it to me when I was in high school, I 100%, I would have said, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. like, Hi, King and I sit in the same classroom. We had the same textbooks. We got yes. the same teacher. Yeah. Eat the you same fries. Go eat, eat the, the same. same lunch. Lunch. Eat the same frozen chicken nuggets. Same carton of Drink milk. the same <laughs> chocolate and strawberry milk. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Yep. In the cafeteria. Yep. But you know what? I realized that that's such a small aspect actually yep. of life and what it means to sit. Yeah. This is something that I've had to learn a lot. So I would have really bucked at the idea, but right. through a lot of awesome conversations, I've been able to see. Oh my gosh. White privilege is a thing. One of my really good friends, Justin, he was explaining to me that his mom named him Justin because on college applications, mm -hmm. someone named Justin, mm -hmm. which is so close to my name, you mm -hmm. know, is gonna get a, a, a first look versus someone named Hakeem. Exactly. And there's been, you know, I, I don't have the stats with me right now, but you can look, look, <laughs> there's been studies done on this for people getting jobs just yep. based on how a name sounds mm -hmm. because it can speak about a culture and it can speak about a background. And so for me, I'm having to look at that Another one of my friends telling me he was house-sitting in a white neighborhood and he had fear come in his heart that people would have seen him right. through the window in a house that he didn't know and what they would do with that. Right. Mm, yeah. Oh my gosh, I've house sat for people before. Yeah. I never thought about mm, that. Yeah. And there really is so much to be said here. And honestly, if you do have questions about white privilege, please reach out to me. Let's talk about That's it because I have man. learned so much. I don't want to camp out forever. But then also one of the things is systemic racism. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow. So I, I understand personally white privilege as the symptoms of systemic racism. Mm -hmm. And a misconception about systemic racism is that there's all these racist people running the system. Like, you know, like <laughs> the man involved is like, and you know, like maybe somewhere, but yeah. you know, mostly what, what we're talking about is an institution of racism that has made its way into almost every crack and corner of America. Yeah. And when we talk about you know, black people getting the right to vote at the end of, you know, the 19th century. Yeah. But then there's laws instituted mm -hmm. that keep, on purpose, to keep them from, there's Jim Crow laws, there's yeah. oppression, there's yeah. the Ku Klux Klan, yeah. bring crosses in your yard to make sure you don't, and mm -hmm. so, come on. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that the American government didn't necessarily do that, they also right. didn't necessarily stop it either. <laughs> exactly. Not, not, not exactly super fast. So right. that's why you've got MLK crying out. And, exactly. and we have seen so much. But now we're talking right now. Mm -hmm. We got to be honest and say yeah. that there is still remnants yeah. of this really, really, uh, you know, long, deep. It's so much deeper than any of us could ever understand this in the slam. But yeah, if we we'll look at it in the face and say, you know what? There is such a thing as white privilege. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there, there is a, uh, a difference in where we start out in some of the places 
in this land. And if I can have the humility to accept and say that, yep. that when I say that, I know that, or if you say that, I know yeah. that you don't think I didn't work hard or that my family didn't work <laughs> yeah, hard. Yes, you know what I mean? Because I think that, so white people, if you're listening to this, let's just set, take all of our, whatever pride we have and set it here for one second and say, okay, what if this is true? And let's just ask ourselves and look at it for one second because wow. I think yeah. that it does have real implications. Yep. So what it, What are, you know, Talon, tell me, <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you think about white privilege, systemic racism, like these these words that that we use now, and they are hot button words. Like, yeah. what what's kind of your take on uh, on on white privilege? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, is it just so obvious, like, to you, or is it something that you had to see as well? I think not always, but recently it has been more. Yep. So, um, you've grown in it. Yeah, because here's the thing: because like, whenever you 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 grow up in it, right? You don't. You're not aware of it, right? So it's like, for me personally, it's like this whole, like, awakening and awareness that's happening. Yep. And I'm like, oh, this isn't right. Right. So it's like now, like, stories that my dad, are, my dad are t- my dad's telling me about where he works at. Right. He's like, man, I've been at my job for 25 years. Mm. He said, the person who is my boss, mm-hmm. I went to school longer than he did. I'm way more qualified than he is. And he asked me questions man. as to how does he do his job. Yeah. This guy's white, my dad's black. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and, and, and like that was like, whoa, yeah. why is that? Yeah. And like the university that he works at is a predominantly white university. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So now, yes, I will say that, I would say that, you know, white privilege is a thing. Um, and I think just, you know, I think I've asked you a ton of questions and you've asked me questions before because we actually have a relationship outside of this. We, do, yeah. um, we are all actually friends. Yeah, we, 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 we all are friends, I promise you. Um, but yeah, I, I think so, I think systematic racism as well is is, is a deep issue. Um, there's some great resources out there too, like even 13th on Netflix. I've heard a lot about that and uh, about just how systematic racism is a real thing. Like, um, yeah, I have family members that, <laughs> that, that have probably, you know, yeah. uh, See I'll say too, like yeah. I, I know <laughs> this is what I know about you telling yeah. because it's saying it's it's very similar to myself. Yeah. We the older we've gotten, the more we've had to understand and um feel our blackness because for so long in our lives we've yeah. stuffed it down. Yeah. So have you ever lied to yourself? Like we've all done that, yeah. right? Oh, no. You feel something and it's like, nope, yeah, it's that, I'm day. not really feeling that. <laughs> like, right? like legit yeah. though, legit, legit, legit in yeah. high school. Yeah, I used to wear, like this is crazy, yeah. but like I used to um, wear Jordans all the time, uh-huh. and I, you know, and, and I used to wear certain clothes, and yep. you know, of course, like all, you know, any you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm about to say, I yeah. like, like, you wear Polo Ralph Lauren, right? You know, like don't wear USPA, right? Right. right. <laughs> um, don't wear USPA. I don't wear the fake stuff, but yep. it's like you know, like stuff like that. I feel like whenever I went to um, school, I feel like some of that had to die down mm-hmm. so I could be accepted. Exactly. But I promise you, I did not, I, like back then, I would not have told you that I was trying to do that. Yeah. But now I'm like, yeah. oh, that's not good. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and like this leads me into my next question, which is so much around this idea of colorblindness mm-hmm. versus seeing color. And I remember just like the answer for so many things, like even growing up was, I don't see color, man. Right. Like, I don't, you know, and and I think that also we have this new narrative of, no, actually we need to see color, we need to celebrate race. But then also to what degree, because if you only identify with your race, Mm. like, or or how much is that actually helpful at the end of the day? So Mm -hmm. Erica, why don't you kick us off and say, you know, through the lens of colorblindness versus seeing color, like what is the tension to manage there and how do you 
see that. Okay. Um, I wanted to add to the um, systemic thing really quick. Okay, but So, like, when I think about privilege, it's not necessarily, like, tied to job or whatever. Sometimes it's, like, things that are in the beauty industry. So, like, if you go... So if I go to Target and I want to like buy a foundation, I see a million shades of mm. white and like two that are, wow. are like my color. So there's like a privilege there. Wow. Or like even with, you have to like worry about the type of shampoo you use or like just like small, smaller things like that. So when you see me or if I see you, I know that there are certain um, cultural behaviors that you have. You, ha you have a sense of cultural behaviors that I have as well as like different privileges, whatever. Um, but I think the importance of seeing and celebrating color is um, the culture that, being able to celebrate culture with people. So um, when I think about my friends who are Latino, I get to celebrate different things with them and I get to um, learn their stories of their grandparents and how they came here and like things like that. Um, whereas with like, not with black families, you don't have something to trace back to, but that's another like, that's a whole nother yes. conversation for yeah. today. But yeah, I mean, um, no, it's, tr it's true. Though. But it's yeah. like, when you see me, you see like where I come from, like mm -hmm. what I'm about. So if you say like, I don't see color, um, you're choosing to not acknowledge that we are different, but in a beautiful way, in a complex way, um, but a way that is um, worth getting to explore and getting to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes That's so good. Um, it's beautiful. Do, and then I also think, i ask you this. Have you seen, this is like very left field. Okay. Um, but, like, have you seen Black Panther, the movie? Dude, I haven't. Oh, well. <laughs> are you really not? No, I really haven't. Maybe that should have been a great movie. But I'll say this. I haven't seen it. You should watch it. I don't like superhero movies in general. Okay. Like, if you ask me if I've seen any of the Avengers, I haven't. Uh -huh. like, this, is, this is not a you black racist. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of That's the new Spider-Mans. I just, uh, I don't watch those movies. Yeah. So I promise you. The reason I, <laughs> I think... Feel no, bro. <laughs> Love well, you to watch though. it. 100%. But I think the reason... Disney Plus is on Disney Plus. Um, the reason I, I think tonight. people... Lot, yeah, watch that. By the time you at home watch this, I will have seen Black Panther. <laughs> In Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, watch it tonight. <laughs> but the reason I think people loved Black Panther so much was because I think they saw color mm -hmm. and they saw culture. Mm -hmm. They saw, you know, Wakanda was so rich and, mm -hmm. you know, like... I know this is like this theoretical place, but, like, you know... Uh, it, 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 it was so rich in culture, and it was so rich in color, and it, you know, it, it, I mean, you know, it was just different. Mm -hmm. I think the reason people loved that was because one that they saw color. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's nice sorry, to feel yeah. represented. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's like the biggest thing. And, and to the to the degree where, like, I'm like, I think Black Panthers take it or leave it. It's another superhero. Movie. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I think that that actually speaks to. Of course, it's not racism, but that's a part of the problem. Is like I don't even, or just a cultural it's a evidence yeah. of yeah. it's like oh yeah, another superhero movie. I just don't care, right? You know what I mean? But like for for young black boys and girls, they're seeing his face on the poster. Right. Like yeah. that means like something truly, truly different. Yep. Yeah, which feeds into the whole privilege thing mm -hmm. and representation. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, yeah, because it, it's one thing to have representation um, in something outside of sports, wow. yeah, or yeah. music. Great. Yeah, because right so now crazy. that's where that's the only thing that we see. Mm. It's why, and it's not that I'm for one president or the other, but it's why the black community came so strong when Obama was elected, yeah. or when he ran for presidency. Because yeah. it's like we have someone that's represented in some sort of sort of power that we can look to. Yeah. Um, and so when there is systemic racism, when there is no representation, that shows us. You don't care about us at all. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, you just want for us to entertain you, but you don't want for us to speak into other issues that are happening in our world. So what do you think, I'm curious, the tension there, you know, affirmative action, like to say, hey, quotas around how many people of certain backgrounds uh, work. Yeah. You know, what do you think is the solution there? Because I think, you know, as a society, we said, let's make uh, some mandates here. And is that actually helpful? Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think, you know, I could see it either way. Honestly, I'm curious. Right. What do you think is the way that we move forward when it comes to something like representation? Yeah, I think it depends on, here's a way that I, I think of white privilege. Ultimately, I think of it as stewardship, one, um, because Jesus, you know, talks about stewardship. You think of the, the talents that he gave, the, the landowner gave to the, to the men. He gave one, one, he gave three, and then he gave five. What did you do with those? The, the, the first two, they buried it. They didn't do anything with it. But the one who had the most, he took what he had and he made more of it. And then God said, hey, you're a good and faithful servant. So when I think of white privilege, it's what do you have? And are there anyone in your sphere of people of color? What can you do to help them represent their people in your organization in what you do outside of, again, sports, or music, because it then allows us to see, hey, not only do we see representation, but there is someone behind this representation that is for me. Wow, um, So I think if you're specifically, of course, I think through this within the church, if you're a leader, if you lead a volunteer team, how, if, if I lead a, a volunteer team, the one thing that I'm not gonna do is get all black people, because that <laughs> says something, right? But what I will do is get a group of diverse people in the sense of different skin color, uh, different genders, uh, male and females, because I want different voices at the table because we can speak to more people rather than having one perspective. That's great. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, so when I think of how to do this moving forward, it's that with what you have, how can you take that to advance God's kingdom rather than you know, doing something for your own platform, your own agenda, how can we look at God in the kingdom and elevate that and put that over everything else? So, so good. That's what I would say so to the king. Yeah. Well, I have something to say to that. Yeah. Um, I feel like when you do have a diverse group of people around you, it forces mm -hmm. you to love. Absolutely. Because in that, it's like, okay, well, if they're on the team with me, then I have to force myself to get uncomfortable and I have to mm -hmm. force myself to get to know them. Mm -hmm. And that humility brings unity. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to go back to your other question that you were asking about how much should you identify with your race? Um, I think that as believers, um, like your your spirit is who you are, but like your flesh is like your flavor. That's how I think of it. <laughs> so when I think about like, I like the flavor, like, I like brown it. skin, and then I have like kinky hair, like fuller lips. That's God, just like. Well, seasoning, <laughs> seasoning on the life. Um, yeah, so even like that culture, so like race lends itself to a culture. Um, and I think it's, I don't think it's like demonic to want to celebrate your culture. Right, yeah, um, it's really good. Eric. And with that is a mirror of, um, a reflection I should say, of like heaven. So when we think about being um, in Christ, we carry a different culture. We carry the culture of the kingdom. Right. We are the salt of the earth, like Tom yes, was saying. Girl, you so, yeah, preaching. I'm about to start shouting up there. <laughs> That's so good. I don't think there's, I think the line and what we see, especially in like, if we want to go there, like violent um, protests or like where it's getting like a little bit crazy is when people's identity isn't rooted in Jesus. Right. It's like, okay, if my identity is strictly tied to my race right. and you are saying, though all lives matter is a true statement, right. you're coming against 
like this this Black Lives Matter thing, it's like you're coming against me. Mm. And it's again reminding me of, okay, well, my last name isn't really my last name. I don't, it, my last name goes back to a plantation. Mm-hmm. Well, what about this? And like my, you don't know like what um, different statements are triggering in which people, which is why that violence will come out sometimes. Right. Um, because, I mean, that's just like the danger of like having your identity rooted in anything but Jesus. It's like the response is going to be mm-hmm. not like Jesus. Makes so mm-hmm. much sense to me. That's great. Uh, that's really helpful. Thank Sorry. you. Hopefully that's helpful. What would you guys say, just, you know, some closing statements? I'd love for each of you guys to get one more chance to say something as far as what can we do practically moving mm-hmm. forward? Like, talent, yeah. what is a next step for somebody watching this, for us leaving here today? Like, if we're doing this thing where we want to help fix this problem of racism and we want to be a generation that really changes things mm-hmm. and give our kids something better than even what was given to us, what do we do? What do we actually do? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a lot of things you can do. Um, you can text, I need a black friend to 30303. <laughs> you know, you can, you can, uh, please don't do that. Please don't do it. 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 Because uh, we hope and we pray that you do have It'll come you. to me if you yeah. do. <laughs> um, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> thank you for saying that. But, yeah, I mean, Yes, don't do that. Um, (laughs) But I think (laughs) if you have a friend who is black, I mean, genuinely, like, who is black or who is minority, reach out to them Mm -hmm. and ask a simple question. Three words. How are you doing? Mm. Right. It travels. It's crazy. Wow. How much that word travels. That's good. It's like, like, you know how it says, like, the word of God pierces through, like, Mm -hmm. bone or all that stuff. It feels like whenever people ask that question to me, I forget everything else that's going on, that's yeah. right. and it goes straight so to my heart. That's God's so heart. It, man. Yeah, because um, think about you and you know some leaders in my life who are white, and they just ask, "Hey, how are you doing?" And that means the world to me. Yep. Genuinely. Yep. And um, I think that's one way that people can uh, um, be a part. It's mm-hmm. just like re- say, "How are you doing?" And, it, and and I'll just say this: like, it's okay if you don't have all the answers. It's okay mm-hmm. if you don't. You know, if you if you don't agree with all the things that I might agree with, yep. still ask the question and we can go on the journey together to try yep. to figure out, you know, what is the what does the future look like? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's so, so good. That's all I'll say. That's really That's so good. good. And I think I'll say, too, that um, I think Jesus really cares about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just can't forget about that. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. like, that Jesus, it is literally in his heart. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just imagine that... Um, Heaven isn't going to be like one color and things like that. I think one of the things I always hear I can't talk about is, is Revelation 7, 9. It talks about like a, a, like a, like a great multitude and group of people. But generally though, like, I mean, I think just, I don't know, close your, whoever, close your eyes and think about it, but like generally think about heaven. Mm-hmm. Like think about it. The color, the smell, um, everything about heaven. And just think about that there aren't going to be all white people, there aren't going to be all black people, mm-hmm. that there's going to be black, white, yellow, tan, all these group of people with the everything, bro. Mm-hmm. That gets me going. Oh, that gets me going. <laughs> I'm, I'm so serious. I'm so serious. It gets yeah. me going. Yeah. Because it's like, that is what Jesus wants. He's not a boring God. It's what he's going to get. Yeah. If, if, if Jesus... Whether we like it or not. It's, it's what it. he's going to get. Bro, around his throne is mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. Rainbows. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lightning. Thundering, you know. Uh, you know, it says that topaz, all these different jewel colors are around. Are you know, Jesus has this huge like fluorescent 
color around his throne, why would not, why wouldn't mm -hmm. the culture and the kingdom of heaven look mm -hmm. like that? Mm -hmm. You know? Amen. I love that. Well, that's gotta go. It's <laughs> 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 good talent. So good. You, you I'd say um, don't yield to fear. Yeah. Because so I good. think that so much of racism is rooted in fear. Oh. So when you like think about um, even if it was opposite of like, okay, well, should I have conversation with Austin about racism right now? Um, especially even if it's at work or whether it's at church or whatever, um, you can kind of have this fear of like, there's going to be a broken relationship on the other side of this mm. um, conversation or they're going to hate me or they're going to think I'm racist or whatever. And it's like, actually, if the Holy Spirit's prompting you to have that question, there's joy on the other side of that conversation. Wow, um, and God's like waiting to fill you with like a greater love and, and humility and unity and power mm. on the other side of that. So don't yield to fear. God's for you. That's so That's good. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would say, man, I could literally go on for 20 minutes, but I'm going to keep it to how much time I have? Two minutes? You do what you got to right. do. <laughs> no, go for 20. I, I, I think first I would say take time to lament. <laughs> um, because I've had to do that over the past couple of months, if I'm just being completely honest. Like, when all of this happened, imagine in your lifetime that you're waiting for Christmas, but Christmas doesn't come every year. Mm. Mm. I experienced Christmas this past summer when everything happened, as bad as it was. It was the first time in my life that I felt like I'm understood now. Mm. Yeah. I can now feel how I want to feel and not hide it. Yeah. with my white friends and only have these conversations with my black brothers and sisters. Now it's like, I can talk to you, Austin. We can have this conversation for our church now. Yeah. It's like, it's the first time in my life that I feel like I can breathe. Yeah. So now my kids get to experience me at home really joy-filled yeah. instead of me having to appear to be joy-filled. So really I say lament, take time to just feel what's happening in society. What would you say because, lamenting is for? Yeah, so lamenting is really just sitting and feeling and, and, and processing with what's really happening inside wow. of you. Yeah. Um, and I've had to do that, and I'm, I'm grateful you asked that question. After I, I uh, lamented, I've had to repent, um, simply because there was a period of time when all this really happened mm -hmm. that I was angry at all white people. Um, even though I work with white people, it's like, now they're finally getting it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or just my white friends that I have in general, it's like, now you finally get it. You didn't get it a long time ago. I had to repent of that because that's sin in my heart. Yeah. And so I had to repent. The other thing that I would say is if you're white and you deal with racism, just repent. Uh, there's no shame in that. Repentance is a beautiful thing because it calls us from something to something. It yeah. calls us from sin to God. And so through that repentance, it's led me into more freedom. And then through that, just understanding the end game. Uh, we know what the kingdom of heaven looks like in the end, but Jesus also said the beginning of his ministry on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. We know what heaven looks like in the end. Mm. My prayer is that it will happen here on earth yeah, as it great. is in heaven. That's in Greenville, in Anderson, Amen. in Charleston, yeah. in South Carolina, where slavery led for so long, I see the Spirit of God Amen. coming through His people in such a way that we will no longer be known as a slave state. We will Come be on. known for our freedom because yeah. where the Spirit of the Lord is, Amen. there is freedom. Come on. I'm ready. Come on. Let's go. That's all I'm going to say. I'm it's done. It's so Great. good to hang out with you guys and talk yeah, about bro. this, you know, with yeah. cameras on today. And if I'm, I would want to just leave one parting word, especially to, to white people and say, 
you're gonna mess something up in this, but please don't let that keep you from asking yes. a hard question or something. Yeah. Do you have the humility it takes yes. to actually see these things brought mm -hmm. into the earth? I've got to ask myself that question. Being right is extremely overrated. Mm -hmm. Don't look for being right. That's great. Look, look awesome. to listen. Look yep. to yeah. hear. That's look great. to wonder. Mm -hmm. Look to you know dialogue. There's mm -hmm. th this isn't. A, a, a pun time. This isn't so black and white. But it's like, I know, I'm sorry. I'm a preacher, so no, I can't help bro. you sometimes. But like, what I'm saying is, there's, there's, there's not a clear-cut way. Yeah. If you can't deal with tension, if mm -hmm. you can't deal with vulnerability, then it's going to be really, really hard. So I want to encourage us all to embrace that. Mm -hmm. Let's embrace a posture of openness of like, I do not know what's going mm -hmm. on. Yeah. And, uh, and you guys have met me in that with so much grace and so much you know i didn't see black panther but you guys just forgave me <laughs> right here right now and i'm gonna you know yeah, get better yeah. but yeah so just want to encourage everybody let's all as a people decide we're gonna go forward in yeah. humility we're gonna go forward and not assume that we've got to be right or have it mm -hmm. all figured out we just want to love we want to do like jesus did and ask questions yep. and we will see our state be changed mm -hmm. over time mm -hmm. god is at work and i believe Amen. that now Amen. more than ever thank you high king thank you erica thank you yep. talent and thank you guys at home for watching we hope you have a great rest of your day Thank you for joining the Rally Podcast. We hope it encouraged you. We'd love for you to be part of the Rally family. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and YouTube at New Spring Rally so you don't miss a thing.